Uh, well, today we're going to conclude our sermon series on stewardship. Yeah, I thought I'd have a bigger round, round of applause than that. Finally, we're going to be through with this thing. Uh, you know, so far we have built our house of stewardship on the foundation of God's ownership. Remember Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created everything. And it all belongs to Him. And then we surrounded our walls with the ability for God to be able to do whatever He wants to do with anything that we bring Him. Remember the little boy's lunch? And how there was a miracle that took that place that day. Over 5,000 people served, and then there was leftovers to go around. So they had, you know, they all got to pack lunches the next day. The disciples did, 12 baskets left over. That's awesome. And then we finished off last week with our hearts turned towards eternity. So now today it's time to get the keys and it's time to move in. You ready? The last thing that happens when you build a house is that great moment. I remember when Pastor Kerry and I were building our house in Victorville, and it was time to get our keys, and we walked into the, into the, uh, the, the, the builder's office, and, and, and they handed us these shiny new keys to our shiny new house, and we were so excited. We were so excited to move in. So today, my goal is to hand the keys to you to a life of stewardship. Amen. Woo! I got three people excited about this. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I need to warn you, okay? This one might hurt a little bit. Is it okay if I meddle a little bit today? Those same three people. I got three people today. The rest of you, just hang in there. This is the last one of these, all right? For probably, I don't know, till the Lord says do it again. Jesus makes an interesting statement in... Luke chapter 12, verse 34, here's what he says. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What we do with our heart or with our treasure determines where our heart is. Notice that heart follows treasure, not the other way around. It's going to get quieter, I have a feeling. (laughs) Timmy. Timmy didn't want to put his money in the offering plate Sunday morning. So his mother decided to do some creative reasoning with him. Timmy, you don't want that money, she whispered. Quick, drop it in the offering plate. It's tainted. Horrified, Timmy obeyed, and he dropped the offering in the plate. And a few seconds later, he leaned over to Mommy and said, Mommy, why was the money tainted? Was it dirty? Oh, no, my dear, it wasn't dirty. It just taint mine and it taint yours. It belongs to God. That's a good one? Listen, it taint mine and it taint yours. It all belongs to God, amen? I've heard many people say this to me, and some of you may even be in this room. I'm not going to point you out. I can't afford not to tithe. I can't afford to tithe, but God knows my heart. <laughs> I already got help, see? Yes, God does know your heart, but I wonder if you really do. My belief is this. Your heart will never fully be where it should be until you realize that you can't afford not to tithe. I told you this wasn't going to be real comfortable, but it's my obligation 
And my job as your pastor to give you the truth. Can I give you the truth today? I believe that the key to a life of stewardship is found in treasure management. How we manage our treasure. And the heart of that is the tithe. Look with me this morning at one of the clearest illustrations or demonstrations of God speaking about the importance of tithe. And yes, we're going to Malachi chapter 3. Before we go there, let me pray. Father, we need you in this room. I only want, to, I only want the truth to be exposed. I don't want anything from Ron Wilson this morning. All I want is from your Holy Spirit, from your word, the truth. And I, and I want our hearts to be open to what that truth is. You deal with each one of us individually, right where we're at, concerning this sermon today. And just help me to convey it in the love that I have in my heart for every person in this room. In Jesus' name. Listen, it's not as bad as I'm making it sound, okay? I just want to set you up a little bit. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Stop for a second. This text totally gets in the face of you Old Testament haters. The Lord is saying, what I'm about to say applied yesterday. It applies now. Remember last week's lesson, the steward understands the now. And it applies to all future generations. Our verse in Foursquare is what? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. A lot of people, well, we'll get to this. Let's read. Malachi chapter 3. Let's begin again in verse 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what ways have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. What an amazing text. God just kind of throws it all out there. I think this text deals with questions that we need to ask ourselves that we need to know the answers to when it comes to tithing and offering. First question is this, what is it? What is a tithe? The definition, the very definition of tithe is it's 10% or a tenth. But not of just your income, of all your material gain. That's what the Word of God says. If you want to read more about that, look at Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. I don't have it here. You can do that part as homework. According to Scripture, the tithe is a faith investment, okay? It's a faith investment. 
According to Malachi, the tithe is supposed to come into the storehouse so that there might be food in it. We all like food. We all like food. I like food. The tithe provides for the ministry of the church to the community and to the ministry that comes to you. That's what the tithe does. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. It represents the first portions, first fruits of our labor. We bring the best portion of what we have, not the leftovers. Remember last week I confessed to you that early on in my biblical tithing, I would write all the bills out and then write the check. And that wasn't the way you're supposed to do it. And it always stressed me out because I would write the bills and I'd do the subtraction like we do, right? $100 to cable, $100 to electric, deep, 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 deep. And then I get to the end, and it's like, I can't afford the tithe. And then someone taught me about tithing. My, my pastor, he brought a message similar to this. It's the first fruit. Cut it off the top, and you'll never miss it. So when I reversed the order and I started writing the tithe check first and then filling out the bills, my income hadn't changed, but all of a sudden there was money at the left that I could go do cheeseburgers. <laughs> if that's your deal. Bean burritos. Now it's sushi, right? Starbucks? Nobody? How about coffee bean and tea leaf? Look at this in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 5. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruit of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field, and they brought it in abundantly, the tithe of everything. I love that they brought in abundantly. They rounded up. They didn't round down. People always ask me, should I tithe on my net or on my gross? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the Lord convicts you in there, okay? But the first fruits of everything that comes in would be the gross, in my opinion. The tithe represents a faith relationship with God. Listen, stewards tithe because they believe that God will allow us to do more with 90% than we ever could with 100%. That's why we tithe. Any, any tithers been around for a while and, and God has allowed you to do more with what you have left after you give to the Lord than you ever were before? Have you ever, have you ever withheld the tithe? Don't raise your hand. I have done this. I have re re withheld the tithe and found myself replacing a starter or a compressor or something on my pump on my car that probably cost me very close to what the tithe would have been. Would that part broke if I, if I had tithe? I don't know. But it's things that make you go, hum. I don't know. It's just God's economy. It's God's math. It's not mine. So that was the first question. What is the tithe? The second question is, why do it? Why should I give? If God is so great, why doesn't he just take care of it of himself? That was the same question that was asked of Jesus when he was on the cross that day by the thief. If you're the son of God, why don't you just come on down and take care of everything? And if we have that kind of mentality, well, God can do it. God can do anything. Yes, God can. You are absolutely right. Guess who he chooses to do it through? Me and you. Here's a fundamental truth I want you to hear. 
Tithing is about us, not about God. Tithing is about us, not about God. Tithing is about, here's the first thing, obedience, okay? Malachi 3 said in verse 7, Yet from the days of your father you have gone away from my ordinances, not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. You understand? Return to me, and I will return to you. He doesn't say, look, I'll make the first step this time. No, he already made the first step. Amen? Listen, I was just talking to my wife about this, and I was thinking about, about some friends of mine. Reconciliation is this. God makes the first step towards you, but every other reconciliation that has to happen, guess who makes the first step after that? See, God reconciled himself to me 20 years ago by saving my soul. But any other relationship, any other area of my life that I need reconciliation in, guess who has to be the big man? God's saying, look, if you return to me, I will return to you. And this isn't just in regards to tithing and offering. This is in regards to every area of our life. God saved you. He doesn't have to do anything else for you. He owes us nothing. We owe him everything. So before the Lord even addresses the idea of the tithe, he makes it clear that there's a problem with the heart of his people. The failure to tithe is a symptom of a greater problem. It's a problem of obedience. It's a problem of the heart. Remember, stewardship it's not a giving issue, it's a heart issue. How many of you know God will do anything in your life? He can bless you, he can pour out in you, he will take care of you, he loves you to the ends of the earth and back. You believe that. John Maxwell says this, in many ways tithing is a test of who is in charge. If we fail in our obedience, it's an indicator that either we do not acknowledge God's right to set the rules in this area of our life, or we deliberately ignore his authority in this area. It's mind-blowing to me that people who would never willfully disobey God in any area of their life continue to disobey God in this area of their life. It baffles my mind how we could do that. I love you, Lord. I'll do anything for you. Well, will you do anything for me? We are either obedient or we're not. It's that simple. I know I'm hurting some feelings. That's okay. That's my job, remember? To afflict the comforted. Listen, a truth that we see continuously throughout Scripture is in that which I'm obedient, I will be blessed, and that which I am not obedient, I will be disciplined sometimes even disqualified. Ouch. Second thing, ownership. We give because of the ownership principle. We've talked about this already. But verse 8 asks a very serious question. Will a man rob God? I think most of us would normally answer that question, no way. We're smarter, we're smarter than that. No, I won't rob God. I love God too much. But unfortunately, like those who have gone before us, we do rob God in tithes and offerings. Tithing is built on the foundation of ownership. Remember, God owns it all. God says, essentially, if you're withholding the tithe, you're stealing from me. Hey, I can't wait till next week. I can preach something fluffier. 
Maybe. Here's another one. We tithe because it's about a partnership. Verse 10 said that there'll be food in my house. Look, the scriptures that we've shared over the last few weeks have been about a little boy's lunch, right? A, a widow's few cents. We talked about the widow, woman at the well. We, we talked about all these different things. And, and, and God says to them, your faith investment will spark a miracle in your life. People are praying for miracles, but they're not responding to God in kind. How, how does God bless something that he opposes? How does God bless something where, where we've, we've bound him up? We'll get to this part in a minute. God said to Philip about the little boy's lunch, bring it to me. Just bring me the lunch. It's not enough, Lord. Bring it to me. Many of us think that our contribution isn't enough, that what I can sow is not going to do any different. You know what? It may not make much of a difference in the church's budget, but that's not the concern here. It'll make a huge difference in your life. God wants us to be players, not spectators in life. Christianity is a spectator sport. It's a partnership. We get involved in each other's life. We get involved in the things of the Lord. John 20, verse 21 says this, As the Father sent me, I also send you. So Jesus was sent, and now he's releasing us. Go into the world. Compel people to come in. All right, here's the third thing. It's going to get gooder now, okay? I promise. What happens when I tithe? It's a question we need to, we need to have answered in our life. What happens when I, when I tithe? Verse 10, the Lord says, try me. Or, or if you have the King James, it says, test me, doesn't it? Test me now in this. Tithing is not about money, so much about money as it is about faith relationship with God. We take 10%. That we, could be, that we could use to meet our needs, and we trust God to meet our needs. Test me in this, God says, and here's some promises that I will pour into your life. Here's the first one. There will be enough for the storehouse. We talked about this a little bit, but listen. I'm not going to apologize for the fact that it takes money to run a ministry. Why should I? You're sitting in the chairs. You're using the electricity. Why should I apologize for the fact that it takes money? It costs money to keep the electricity on. It costs money to produce Sunday school material so that we can minister to your kids. It costs money. Look, we don't charge for a lot of things. If people need a Bible, we give them one. It ain't coming out of my pocket because I ain't got no money. It's coming out of all of our pockets collectively, amen? It costs money to produce materials. It costs money to have outreaches like our grand opening. Hey, I'm not charging for this event. We're going to barbecue, we're going to love on the kids, we're going to love on the people that come. Right? Why do I need to apologize that it costs money to run a church? I'm not going to anymore. I found myself doing that for years. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. I'm glad. I'm glad that we get to sow in... I like sweating, Paul. That's why I go to the gym every day. But I like my sweatacostal towels better. These are awesome. I'm, I got my fan. I'm going to be breaking that out. Once it gets a little warmer, I think it'll be blowing right on me. You're going to see my hair going like that. 
we, we, we support missionary efforts. Uh, Pastor Stu, sending Pastor Stu out. We get involved in these kind of things. We have a, a food bank that's a, that does amazing work across town. All these things that we do, we get to do these things. It's amazing to me. If I had a dollar for every time someone told, told me that tithing is an Old Testament law and we aren't bound to law anymore, I'd be a rich man. And that's great. That, that, that's fine with me. If you want to do it the New Testament way, we can do it the New Testament way. You want to hear the New Testament way? Acts chapter 2 is the New Testament way, verse 44 and 45. Now all who believed were together and all had things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had a need. So if you want to do it the New Testament way, you need to give everything that you have to the Lord. Matthew 19, verse 21, Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. Let's do it the new. I'm all game. I've given it all away before. I'll do it again right now, except the Harley. I don't feel the Lord in that. I guess if it's all, it's all. Yes, Lord, I, I, would, I, would, I would gladly give it away if he told me to. Someone's going to come to me, hey, hey, Pastor, the Lord gave me a word for you today. The, uh, you might have heard this story before. The $1 bill and the $20 bill are being retired. They're at the infirmary getting ready to be burned up. And the $20, $20 bill is just talking about all of its exploits. Man, I've been, to, I've been to all these wonderful cities, and I've been everywhere. I've been on cruises, and I've been to Australia, and... Man, I've been to some labyrinth parties, and, and the $1 bill is like, man, that's so cool. All I've ever been to is the church. <laughs> and the $20 bill says, what's the church? <laughs> all right, all right, so... What happens when I tie? There'll be room in the storehouse. The second one, there'll be enough for you. That's, that's the good thing. When I tie, there's enough for me. I, 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 he says, I'll open the windows of heaven, and I'll pour out such a blessing on you. That doesn't mean you're going to win the lottery. It doesn't mean you're going you're to win the bingo. You might. Praise the Lord. I hope I win the lottery one day. I don't play. It's going to be very difficult. That will be a genuine miracle. If I win the lottery because I don't buy tickets, so. <laughs> remember, remember last week that text I gave you, life is more about, is, is more than, a, than, than food and clothing, right? God says he will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you won't be able to contain it. Here's another promise from the word of God. He will, he will rebuke, or how did I put it on the notes? Uh, defeat the devourer. He will defeat the devourer. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes in verse 11. I love that. Anybody need some devourer rebuking? I really considered taking up the offering after this sermon. I thought, that wouldn't be right, Lord. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) You get to go chew on this one for a while. Then you do what the Lord speaks to you about. 
Tithing releases the hand of blessing over you, and it breaks the grip of the enemy off of your life. Listen, my finances used to be bound. My finances, before I came to the Lord and even while I was in, in, in Christ, early on, my finances were bound. Paycheck to paycheck. Going to the, what do you call those places where you, you have to, payday loan, right? Payday, they're all over Las Vegas. I've never been to one here. Payday loans, yeah. I remember going to those so I can get enough money to get through to the next payday, and then, and then I'd have to go again because I had to pay the extra $100 or whatever it was, and I was in this vicious cycle. Since I've been tithing for many, many years now, I've never had to do that. I, and obviously, I'm not going hungry. I have clothes, kind of. I have transportation. Dodge, baby. Harley. Everything I need, I have. He's rebuked the devourer in my life. Hey, don't, don't, hey, don't get me wrong. There aren't times, there are times when things are tight. Uh, we're, we're thinking, okay, one more year and Justice is off to college. Lord, I don't know how you're going to make that happen, but you're the one that's going to make it happen. But I don't see my financial picture changing much in the next year. That's right. God knows. Too many people do test the Lord in this area of their life, but they test in the wrong way. See, a test is a test. You either do it or you don't, and, and you'll reap the consequences of it. Haggai chapter 1, verses 5 through 7 says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little. You eat, but don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earn wages to put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Listen, if that's you, if any of those things identify, if you, if you live in a, in a life of, 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 of a poverty state where you're borrowing money just to get through to payday to payday, listen, consider your ways. Think about what you're doing with your finances, not just in the area of tithing. That's the area we're talking about. For the last four weeks, we've talked about a lot of other areas besides money. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. So, so where is it? What are you sowing into? What are you doing with your finances? What are you doing with the blessings that God gives you? Here's the next one. I had to make, lighten it up a little bit. He says, you'll be a fruit salad. It's a vine that continually bears fruit. He says it won't wither up, but it'll continue to produce. I won't be a fruit salad. Christian should be fruit salad. I got two more. Here, here's the next one. You'll be extremely blessed. I, I love that in verse 12. He says, all the nations will call you blessed. It, it, it's kind of speaking to me about, about a testimony. People are recognizing the blessing of God on your life. People see that God is blessing you. People ask me all the time, life is good for you. 
what's the difference? I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Tithing is the heart of a real witness. It demonstrates our dependence on God and, and allows others to see the favor of God on your life. Here's the last one. And I didn't write it. I'm just reading it to you. True joy. Can I tell you that true, intimate, deep joy, the kind of joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, the kind of joy that doesn't come from the world but comes from the Lord, is tied to this area of your life? It all has to do with the condition of your heart. Joy. Anybody lacking joy? Listen, tithing is a cure to worry. Did you know worry is a sin? Lack and trust in God. Tithing is a cure to worry, and it's a solution for selfishness. It's really more blessed to give than it is to receive. It really is. Here's what my pastor did years ago. Here's, here's where I ended up giving my, my life, my heart, my opening my heart and my eyes to tithing. Because trust me, man, I, I had a hard time with this. I'm just being honest with you. He gave us a challenge. He said, look, tithe. Take that 10% off the top. Each time you get paid, every time you get a financial blessing, take 10% off the top, bring it to the church. Try it. Test me out on this. You might remember this. Dean was there. Try it for 90 days, and if you don't like it, we'll fully refund your misery. Listen, a lot of people, they, they've tried tithing, many of you. and Look, I'm not trying to be mean. That I really, I, I want you to experience the freedom that there is. Many of you have tried it. You've given it a week or two or a paycheck or two, and, and you didn't see the fruit of that, and it was hard. And it, Man, don't you know that this walk is hard? Don't you know it takes a little while to, to break off strongholds in your life? moment we take possession of a project, that's when the front door is flung wide open for us, and we drag our stuff inside, and we set up home. And for those who have been tithing for a while, you understand that, that there's no other way to be. You don't know how to do it any other way. So our challenge to you this isn't just a pastor. This is the word of God. There are many people. I'm not going to ask for hands because I, I'm not trying to do that. It's not, it's not like, look at me what I do. Look at me what I don't do. But those of us that are in this room that have experienced the breakthrough and the freedom of tithing, I could probably spend hours up here of people walking up on this platform and testifying what God has done to their, in their life. So we extend a challenge to this congregation test the Lord in this and see if he doesn't throw open the, the floodgates of heaven and listen if you decide this is not for you I'm not going to love you any less and the Lord's not going to love you any less we'll just be here 
for you no matter what's going on in your life. Amen. Would you stand with me? A year and a half ago almost, I taught on this subject and the offerings were way down. And I asked the Lord, please don't ever let me speak on that again. So when he started tugging on my heart a couple couple months back, I said, okay, Lord, it doesn't matter if the offering's not there at all. It's your church. I'll just say this, though. This congregation has grown up in a year and a half. We're maturing. We're growing. Amen? And we've been blessed. Finances have been stronger than they've been in a long time. So thank you for that. So the way I have this wrapped up here, here's how I want to close this. My challenge to you is to take the Lord up on on the only place in Scripture where he asks you to test him. And if you've accepted that challenge already in your life, or you're willing to today, just lift up your hands. Because here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you, and I want to put a blessing on you. Lord, there's probably some with their hands up that are like, I'll be doing this in faith. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I think many of us can identify with that. Lord, you're God. And it don't have to make sense. All we need to do is be obedient to your word. So out of Numbers chapter 6, it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord bring peace into the hearts of the people today. Let us just be free in the things of the Lord in all areas of our life. And with every head bowed, I know I preached on tithing, so this is kind of an awkward ask, but maybe you're here today because we have a lot of visitors. And every, eye, every eye is closed and every head is bowed right now. And You don't even know Jesus. Jesus is not Lord of your life. and You've never invited him to be part of what you're doing or in your heart or to be your Lord. And you would say, you know, Pastor... I'd like to invite Jesus into my heart right now, right here in this place. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. Thank you. Is there anybody else that would raise their hand high? Thank you. See your hand. See your hand. Thank you. Thank you. In the back. I see you. Let's just pray this as a family, can we? Say, Jesus, forgive me in my life I've tried it my way now I want to try it yours be Lord of my life take my heart in your name I pray amen Amen. now let's give him praise can we one more time